This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Hey everyone, welcome to Pop Culture Confidential. Now think about this. Which five actors will get you off your couch and home screens and into the theaters? There's an interesting new survey conducted by the National Research Group. It's an analysis firm that specializes in entertainment and tech. Now, this survey is making a buzz in the industry and rattling experts and producers. They asked consumers to name up to five actors that would make them most interested in seeing a movie in the theater. And this is specifically in the theater. The findings are super interesting. And the actors are super old. We're going to get into this. (laughs) There's a lot to mine from these findings of the survey. And with me to talk about them and to say our own five actors that would get us into the theaters is Awards Watch, Ryan McQuaid and Eric Anderson. Welcome back, guys. Hello. This is going to be a really interesting conversation. Yes. Cannot wait. All All those old people you were talking about, Eric's demographic. And mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think think yeah. about that when you when you talk about me being old. Think about what yeah. you're saying, Ryan. Exactly. You're much older. You're much older than Christina. What are you talking about? She's, no, she's no. in my demographic more. Okay. Than, yeah. First of all, I want to say that the survey was conducted, I believe, between twelve years twelve year olds and seventy four. So it's a broad spectrum of people. And I'm just going to say the top fifteen here before we get started for the listeners who may not have seen this survey. Number one, of course, Tom Cruise. Two, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Tom Hanks, Brad Pitt, Denzel Washington. At number six, the first woman, Julia Roberts, Will Smith, Leonardo DiCaprio, Johnny Depp, Kevin Hart, Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds, Adam Sandler, and Harrison Ford. That's the top 15. Let's sort this out, guys. What was your first first thoughts, Eric? My first thought that was that it was really funny that Dwayne Johnson was number two after having two massive flops in a row, because clearly people are not flocking to the theater for him. But it's interesting that he is so high on the list. Otherwise, there's honestly nothing surprising about it, because these are generally the current crop of old school movie stars Cruz and Roberts and Smith and DiCaprio these are 20 plus year movie star careers 30 even uh so they're not really surprising Ryan yeah I I I think that looking at the list it's not too surprising there's maybe one or two names on there I was kind of shocked that they're still on the list Kevin Hart um, not doing there. Well, I was going to say the one right before him in Johnny Depp, but um, you know, that was, yeah, but Kevin Hart a little bit too, because both of them really haven't had like hits or in the case of Depp, he's had, you know, a massive scandal and, uh, all, you know, and everything that's, that's taken place. And I guess that's, that's what's kept him alive in the public conscious. But when you look at him, it's not too surprising. I mean, like, yes, Eric's correct. The rock hasn't had like a couple of great movies in a row, but he's still a very bankable box office star. Um, Hanks and Cruz, obviously, are household names. Mm-hmm. Denzel Washington alone is is you know is is I mean it's Denzel. All you have to say is Denzel, and people will go, yeah, I know who that is, and then I'll go see the new Denzel Washington movie. Um, Julia Roberts, I think after last year with like something of the success of Ticket to Paradise, makes total sense there too. Um, even Will Smith being at seven, even after the slap and everything that's happened in the PR nightmare that that's caused over the last year, hasn't faced audience members. They still want to go see his movies. Um, but yeah, I think that it's really telling that someone that's, or two people that are really in the franchise Marvel world or like Ryan Reynolds and Chris Hemsworth, they're really the only ones still on this list because like Robert Downey Jr. is not in the MCU anymore, but he's even lower on the list. And and yet, you know, you have something like Harrison Ford. 20. Yeah. Yeah. And he's 20 on the list. So it's, it's not like you have a bunch of the MCU casts are on the top of all these lists. It's, it's really traditional movie stars, which is pleasing, but it's, it's also a lot of them are in their fifties, sixties and seventies and 
Harrison Ford's what in his eighties. Yeah, so it's, exactly. It's the average discerning. age is fifty-seven here in the top twenty, and two of them are in their eighties. As you mentioned, controversy doesn't seem to have phased people to put them on the list. But what does this say about are these the last of the movie stars? When you're thinking of people writing this down to go to the theaters, I mean, because Zendaya and and Jennifer Lawrence and and Timmy Chalamet, I mean, they're huge. But are we thinking, oh, I can see them on TV? I think I think we're one of the interesting things about this list too is that it feels like it was it doesn't feel like a a current list as as much as it as it feels like I said a minute ago like a classic list. It's it feels like it was pulled ten years ago in the pre heavy streaming era, and I think that's kind of one of the reasons why we're not seeing younger people on this list or newer people on this list because i think in just a couple of years if this poll was taken again it might be very different um but yeah i i think i think the era of streaming has heavily skewed how we view movie stars i think it's the whole kind of not the thesis of this piece but it's sort of what this concept what this piece is really about and that is the difference between a movie star or what a movie star is in the streaming era. Right. Yeah. So and Ryan, too, since you consider yourself the youngin of the group, what <laughs> is am. your notion of stardom today? I, you know, I, I still kind of grew up in the nineties, at least when this, in the early two thousands, when this wasn't being phased out, a lot of the names here are names I grew up with. So it's not like these are forgotten souls. <laughs> that have wasted away into IP. Um, like I think a lot of the stars of my generation have become. I think that I I love Zendaya. We'll talk about her probably later. But she's her biggest property isn't Euphoria. It's a Spider-Man movie. You know, her biggest properties in film isn't Malcolm and Marie. It's Dune. You know what I mean? So it's it's these are these giant massive properties and you know it was funny i was watching um a movie last night to prepare for this i watched speed um to prepare for this because sandra bullock and keanu are 11 and 12 respectively on this list that a watch or a rewatch it was a rewatch i've seen speed many times calm Good. down i was just checking was just, listen i'm cultured i was two years old when the movie came out you want to date yourself you know what i mean um yeah, but it's, movie's great especially on the 4k restoration um but i was watching that movie it's under two hours simple concept kind of have to leave your brain a little bit at the door for some of it um when they jump over the the missing part of the freeway, come on, there's no way a bus could do that. Um, Eric's giving me the face. Yeah, but that is like the best scene, and it, it is great. No, it's great. It's great, and that's the thing oh. is, you're watching this movie and you're going like, "Oh my god!" It, I totally understand why they would like kiss at the end, why they would, you know, why he, you know, Keanu was cast in this role, why Sandy B was picked, all these different things. Dennis Hopper being at eleven, fantastic, and that's the thing. It's like. Trusting the audience to be able to go with these stars on this journey. Maybe it forms a franchise. Maybe it's one of the biggest disaster sequels of all time. Who knows? But it's something original and different rather than something that was based off a book or a comic book or, you know, or brought back 40 years later, you know, or a television show or whatever it may be. A lot of these stars built their careers off original properties most of the stars here, most of the stars of our generation don't. And it goes back to like that conversation that Anthony Mackie had. I think he was at like one of those comic con things. And he says, you, we used to go to movies and see the Stallone movie or the Schwarzenegger film or Harrison Ford or whatnot. Right. Or Julia Roberts and the rom-coms of the, when rom-coms used to matter. And now it's, we're going to see the Iron Man movie. We're going to see the Guardians movie. We're going yeah, to see- Yeah, which are ensembles, really. And yeah. not marketed in the same way around one star that was- Absolutely. But it's yeah. still resonating since these people are still on the list. Yeah. I mean, they're still no, it, the ones we associate with going to the movies, apparently. And those are the properties that studios have tapped into over the last 20 years because the number one guy on this list 
had the number one movie pretty much last year with Top Gun Maverick, a movie that's what 30, 40 years old. And people, you know, you number know two they, movie. was it number two? Oh, I'm sorry. Big Jim. I forgot about Big Jim. Yeah. How could I forget about Big Jim in the water? Um, but but still, like, look at that. Like, that's I would say it's still a sequel to an original property within this millennium rather than something that's 40 years and building completely off of nostalgia off of the audience that was probably mostly skewed and polled here in this list. But to that point, Top Gun was successful because of Tom Cruise. Avatar isn't the Zoe Saldana movie. It's not the Sam Worthington movie, but Top Gun is a Tom Cruise movie. No, that's no big difference in in this. But actually bringing up speed is really interesting because this was when we kind of still lived in an era of being able to create movie stars, Keanu Reeves had many career kind of resuscitations and, and comebacks, but Sandra Bullock was a star creation. Uh, And you can really own the audience is the only group that can really create a star you can have the hollywood system manufacture and put somebody forward or in everything to try and make them happen that has happened since the beginning of filmmaking but only the audience can really establish what a star is and they did that with sandy absolutely Journalist Matthew Bellamy has broken a few things down from this survey in an article he wrote, and I wanted to run those by you. So Cruz is ranked number one among men, but seven among women. Does that surprise you? Hmm. Yes and yes and no. I mean, obviously he he appeals to a certain type of hypermasculine moviegoer that feels kind of indomitable um you know and he's not a romantic comedy guy he is an action guy and a drama guy so it doesn't i mean yeah it tracks that he would be well jerry Maguire is so romantic if you ask me but (laughs) yeah but in general i don't think that it's not his thing and hasn't Cruz also just been out there continuously saying, you have to see my movies in the theater? You have to see. I mean, if we had a list of directors and we'd everyone put Christopher Nolan on top because he's basically telling you to put him on top of a list like this. We're indoctrinated with that. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's where I think has been sort of interesting of this whole time period when we've lost the movie star the director's name has meant, I think, more. It's kind of like the the actor on the marquee isn't what sells it anymore, nearly as much as the IP or for original properties, it's directors. Mm-hmm. You know, like you look at something like Christopher Nolan, you mentioned him. He can make half billion dollar box office juggernauts like in his sleep, essentially. And it's because it's an original idea and he built himself it kind of got a bigger name for himself through ip as well through the dark knight doing something different with that kind of like what denis villadeuve's doing with dune right now do something different with an ip that audiences haven't seen before and then your blank checks afterwards get to make an inception or an interstellar or a dunkirk or an oppenheimer or whatever and a lot of that's where like the the now overused phrase of visionary director it used to be only for a couple of people. Now it's used for every single person. Um, you know, I remember it being like used for the Russos and it's like, oh, okay, those I, those AI driven directors, whatever. I don't, you know, they're not visionaries just because they made a $2 billion movie. There's this difference between in-game and Avatar, you know, in-game and, you know, and Titanic. There's a complete difference of that. So I find that fascinating. But like with Cruz, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he. It, I don't think we can fully say he's the king of the box office because he just because he had one movie and everybody went and saw it, it was something that was kind of safer and audience familiar with. We're not going to really know until we see this new Mission Impossible film this year, too, if that can carry over or not. I mean, Eric and I did a box office draft 
for our, our podcast and the movie we were all very reluctant in taking actually was Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part right. One. You know what I mean? Because we're like, uh, it's two weeks before, it's a week or nine days before um, Oppenheimer and everything and in Barbie. And it's, it's like, are people going to carry over the box office for that? Is it going to, you know, so it's, I don't know if he's, he may be number one for now, but when we do this even next year, he might not be number one, you know? Well, and what we talked about in the summer box office draft this year and the winter one and last year's summer is that Tom Cruise, while he may be number one on here, he's, he had never had a movie make $250 million in the U S ever until the Top Gun sequel. And that doesn't kind of jibe with what you think of Tom Cruise as a movie star. It's, I mean, obviously his international box office numbers are huge, but unless you knew that you would probably never guess or assume that his movies had not made that much because we do live in an era of three, four, five, six, seven hundred million dollar U.S. domestic box office grosses. So it's crazy to think that up until Top Gun Maverick, he had never hit yeah. that mark before, but is still regarded as the movie star. Yes, some Scientology voodoo <laughs> going on there. For Eric's Eric's religion. You know, know. the logic is harder to find than Shelly Miscavige. Yes. (laughs) Someone who's really interesting um, and I want to hear your take on is Adam Sandler. He's over 55 um, and he's number two for 18 to 24 year olds here. And I mean, his the fact that he is still huge with the younger generation and even at my old ripe age he was huge i mean we were watching him his comedies what is his lasting appeal i think it's the netflix movies mixed with working with young interesting directors i think you you look at it like whether it didn't i don't know if it made like a ton of money but it was very viral was uncut joms and then you know him working with the safty brothers and then of course yeah, I mean, you know, those movies of his his classic comedies, they hold a lot of favor in a lot of people's hearts, especially kids. Like those movies are dumb, stupid movies, and and those tend to be more in line with like adolescent boys who want to watch a movie with a bunch of fart jokes and stuff. And yeah, being on Netflix, that's huge. Uh kids might have grown up with the Hotel Transylvania series as well, too, which has had like four movies. And they're readily accessible and he's and he also he's pretty he's in like the sports community with basketball and stuff that's where hustle comes into play as well so he's got his tentacles kind of everywhere it's kind of yeah he covers a lot of ground and you wouldn't think about it until you kind of all talk about it so it's not surprising but it's also like he hasn't made a comedy like Waterboy or billy madison or happy gilmore and that's been really, really funny and really successful in a long, long time. So that yeah, is interesting. But, yeah, his post SNL career with that streak of Happy Gilmore and and all of those was massive. It was it was huge, 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 huge in a way that a lot of SNL people do not get to break out of and. Yeah, he that's a it was a pretty significant streak, even even a flop like like Little Nicky, which is kind of a funny movie, <laughs> um, didn't really matter. He wasn't impenetrable, but but clearly the the new generation. What What is it on this that he's with Gen Z? He is number five. Yes, <laughs> that's crazy. So I, I imagine, you know, yeah, they're, hip. They're watching Murder Mystery and they're watching Uncut Gems equally. Uh, and then that makes them kind of go backwards into filmographies. Because, I mean, you know, when you are younger, it's it's rare that you're going to start, you know, looking at a, an actor or director's filmography right from the beginning. You're going to see the thing that's the most recent. If it interests you, you'll kind of work your way backwards. Most of the time. Gen Z, uh, they have Zendaya. 
close to the top. Um, in total, she's number 47, but uh, so that's quite low. Because well, for the they... surveys and Diane Hollard are pretty high, but it's still right smack in the middle. Yeah, I mean, Zendaya is 14 with Gen Z and Holland is 10. Kevin Hart is number three with Gen Z. Someone's got to explain that to me. Because how did that happen? Yeah, he's not a huge... lot of uh, 90 year old Gen Zers out there. But he's like. not like a huge movie star, even though he's really high on the overall list as well. Um. Maybe. You know what it's got to be? It's like a lot of... Is it of the movie with social... The Rock? Well, I think also, too, social media. He's got like a... He's got a YouTube show. He's got... Uh, he hosts... He was doing a bunch of hosting during the Olympics with Snoop Dogg. Stuff went viral. His stuff goes viral. Mm-hmm. He's very much a... He very much is a social media comedian. Well, yeah. and that's a whole other aspect that we haven't even mentioned. Yes. So far is not just the streamer era, but the social media era of what a star is yeah i mean because like somebody that like we all love and i love like timothy chalamet he has his you know just all his fans are all online say you know tweet a photo a new photo about him you'll get a million likes but does that translate to box office not always you know i mean he's like a Kristen stewart type of star where the fan base is so rabid but they're not going to go see Beautiful Boy and make that. <laughs> they're a not going to go see. They're not going to see all. Bones yeah. and All. Exactly. It's like you can tweet. Why? On Instagram Why about won't it. they go see Bones and All? Because it's because I internet... felt like in my generation, I would have gone gone to see River Phoenix do anything. I think yeah. it's because Internet fandom isn't a real nope. reflection. <laughs> it's like it's like American Idol voting. If one person can vote a thousand times, that is nothing compared to if you are talking about like one person, one vote and what that popularity actually looks like, it completely skews it. So if a very small amount of people are the loudest, it's going to seem like somebody is more popular than they are. And I think that's what happens with social media is that people are elevated to a status that they haven't actually gotten to. And this is not in any way, you know, being shady to Timothy Chalamet or Zendaya or anybody there, but it's a skewed version of what popularity is. But it also says something about why people aren't drawn to go see Bones and All. They have the perfect star, but they still do not want to go see that movie. I mean, like his his successful films have been more ensemble pieces rather than they've they've been um, and also director driven films too. He works with a lot of of pretty high profile directors too. Um, but in terms of leading a vehicle himself solo, um, one that's very not many people do that nowadays. But then the other thing is 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 that. I, I yeah I don't know why nobody wants to go see Timothy Chalamet in a cannibal movie from his own generation. That would be kind of yeah like if if we if like you know Leo did that in my, oh my generation God. I'd want to see we'd all see Immediately. it you know <laughs> we all saw the beach you know what I mean like we but, all I mean, saw, you know <laughs> but I mean look look at that that's exactly what happens when these movie stars do things that are that are like this, even like Tom Cruise and Magnolia, it got him an Oscar nomination and like the best reviews of his career, but oh, wow. you know, it wasn't a massive blockbuster and it no. never was going to be, but it's wonderful. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, it's like that. They, they, they don't, they're not going to bring in mainstream audiences. So the only people that are really going to see somebody of, of a stature, either real or, manufactured uh is going to be a core group of moviegoers of film goers yeah yeah no i agree i mean like yeah you're, you're i'm looking it up right now like magnolia is a 37 million dollar budget and it only made 49 million dollars yeah so which that's, that's, i mean that's not well it's also like a three-hour movie. terrible even you know for 1999 yes. but it's no but i mean look all, yeah look look at look at the same year look at look at eyes wide shut yeah. An interesting box office story too, but 
it wasn't like everybody that goes to see uh, Tom Cruise's action movies was like, yeah, I'm going to go see this three hour weird anti fuck fest <laughs> in the middle of his divorce with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Nobody cared the same way well, that like we did. Well, also too, like I was thinking about this and this is not something that's in this information, but I was thinking about like, I mean, you're mentioning Cruz and Nicole Kidman and I think, you know, I was seeing the other day, like, you know, all the stuff with like, what was it? Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell and, and all, all these people talking about this stuff. And I was thinking Don't about worry, like, darling part two. I was yes. thinking about that. And I was like, but I was, you know, but that movie didn't do great at the box office, Eric. But there was a time where, like, you think of like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, these oh, sort yeah. of cavalcade of media attention to that movie and it made so much money everyone had um, to see it it was yeah. you know everyone had to see it and then it was it was a decent action film in the middle of summer so people went and watched it and well you know, i mean Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are are and were bigger stars than any of these people and that's the but that's the thing it's like that's an action romantic mm-hmm. you know film and I think that what's been really fascinating and what's killed a lot of stardom too is the death of the rom-com by the studios. Like, you know, we saw recently what happened when Nancy Myers just tried to make a movie and she's been nothing but proven in her career to, to work a with movie stars. You never have to be like, come on, Nancy, let me just twist your arm and work with the movie star. I mean, for God's sake, she's worked with legends throughout her entire career and you know, I think that I think of somebody like Matthew McConaughey who's a perfect example of this, or Kate Hudson is a perfect example of this. These these actors that made this the genre their bread and butter, and then when they were able to branch off and do something else because they had the the safety net of well, if this risk doesn't work, I can go back and maybe do another one of those, or I can I can do these movies, these cool movies for a little bit, and then. I can maybe bank on coming back to the genre that I'm known for later on down the road, or they have a, a renaissance because of it. And I feel like that goes to studios taking less risks that not trusting the names above the title. And then therefore it, it, you know, you're not making those anymore. So then therefore it becomes, okay, well, how can we make, uh, you know, I don't know the next 700 Marvel films instead of making something that could be counter-programming. I mean, like Barbie is great. Eric and I were talking about this uh, on a phone call the other week. Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out the same weekend is perfect. This is old studio thinking in its finest. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of stars that people know, but also, you know, one is an, is an IP made by a very talented director in Greta Gerwig. The other one is Christopher Nolan, who is essentially an IP within himself. And you're going to have these two films go add it on the same weekend and people have been wanting to kind of pick a side or tear each other apart or i'm team barbie i'm team oppenheimer when the fact of the matter is we need to have both of these succeed otherwise it's spider-man 6000 you know what i mean in the 400th quantum realm or whatever shit that they're gonna think of next because these are these are directors that are putting their trust in hopefully the next generation of movie stars and it's it's old school way of thinking and so when watching speed i was thinking about those two movies that are coming out this summer obviously totally different thing but it's like these directors entrusting that the people above the title can carry their film forward to a finish line and make enough of a box office a that maybe the next film they're able in their career they're able to lead it and audiences want to carry over. And it's so it's so weird too to see where audiences want to see these stars. You think of somebody like Chris Evans. I was thinking about him this week. Chris Evans does Captain America, some of the most successful films of his entire career. What has he done since? Uh he was part of an ensemble for Knives Out. Uh bag- on Apple TV. I was gonna say, and then his next two movies are The Gray Man and ghosted not and some of the two of the worst re- reviewed films of the year but it just, doesn't matter because they're on streamers they're on yes. streaming and those are and, movies that made, huge successes on streamers sure they'll tell you that 
You know what I mean? From what we know. <laughs> From what we know. Because <laughs> yeah. they're not going to tell you that they didn't, right? The Barbie thing is interesting, and then this year will obviously kind of solidify it because Margot Robbie is absolutely a perfect example of being able to craft an old school movie star, you know, starting in supporting roles uh, and then taking off really kind of on her own. But she hasn't had the type of individual success that a traditional movie star would have had. Uh, and in fact, instead, she's had some pretty significant failures as a lead. Um, so I think I think Barbie is going to be a very pivotal point in at least for in the for perception of, of her career of, of what it is, uh, because it, it kind of seems like she she should be a more classic traditional movie star. She should be able she to has. carry it. She should be able to get people in the seats. Yeah. And she's been in. She also has such an interesting and varied career. Some choices she makes are alienating for some. So I think people don't really know where to put her. She's also yeah. working heavily as a producer, and that is not something that classic movie stars ever did. They were just actors. They had no. Well, uh, not a lot of female actors i mean like you know yeah. cruz is a perfect example of somebody that produced his films and curated his entire career pretty much so yeah um, but mostly the ip yeah, yeah well no you know a lot of the stuff with him and paul wagner yeah for sure i get that but like he didn't you know do it for like boogie nights or anything but clearly in the back half of his career he has but she you know what's interesting about her is it's like okay she's been in big franchises like the suicide squad and heart play Harley Quinn multiple times. And, and then she's been in movies like, you know, I, I think of that high, that, uh, that one movie she did with Will Smith where they were like, like a rom-com and they were like pickpocketers or whatever, you know, and then she's been in Wolf of wall street and she's been in all these things. But then you, you look at it like Babylon is a perfect example of like, okay, if she's a movie star, if she can carry the name of the marquee with a, with a director that's made a ton of money before with Brad Pitt in your film and everything, that movie tanked. It did not do well. And then, so you kind of, you kind of think a little bit when you're thinking about Barbie, you're like, God, I yeah, hope it does. Once upon right? a time in Hollywood didn't tank and had Brad Pitt and a fantastic director. And yeah, but that's uh, also yeah. a Quentin Tarantino film and Tarantino films have done really well. And it has Leonardo DiCaprio who I would, say is you know based even on even though the survey doesn't say it i would say that leo is a well more bankable name than the than the survey gives credit for because mm -hmm. like a movie like the revenant making He's half a billion total dollars though it's not bad is like the revenant is a good example of how uh, movie stardom like yeah sure. like how does that movie make a half a billion dollars you know what i mean like it it, it doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. you know and yet it did it was and the so it was the bear. Yeah. It was his only fans, uh, you know, <laughs> people showing up. It was the TikTokers. Kevin Costner among boomers and Harrison Ford, uh, number six among boomers, also does not seem yeah. surprising at all. And Streep. Eastwood. Oh, old Clint is still, is still high up there. And he's got one last movie. One, one last ride in the saddle coming soon. You know, aren't like Eastwood. And Ford, those are like. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Like greatest generation, those are like, they're past boomers. They're not boomers. Clint they were born... is 90. Yeah, these people yeah. were free boomers. I know, I'm <laughs> telling you what's just on the list. I'm just I know, telling you what's calling the... them boomers is totally inaccurate. Mm. All right, boomer, calm down. Um, hey. But... <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, like that's, I mean, those are, I mean, Ford and Eastwood are, are in, in Streep. Those are movie stars that 
again, look at their careers. Look at look at Clint Eastwood, whether you want to or not, because um, he's so old. But the fact of the matter is, it's like he, this is a guy who crossed many genres that worked, you know, that that worked with many famous directors, became a famous director, you know, um, carried his own films um, as in, and carried his own franchise, Dirty Harry um, as well, too. So, I mean. You know, and then of course Harrison Ford is both Han Solo and Indiana Jones, and he's still making Indiana Jones movies. And Meryl Streep is, I mean, shoot, for like twenty years when I was growing up, Meryl had a movie out, everybody was seeing it. You know, okay. movie like Devil Wears Prada is carried, not just by a popular book, but also by having Meryl Streep as the, as the the titular devil. You know, in Prada. You know what I mean? Or having her be in a Mamma Mia movie along with being that, you know, being a very successful musical or, you know, just the various other films without her career, throughout her career. She's always been a little more bankable than your average, you know, actress. She, she made it's complicated a hit. And that was that. Well, that's Nancy movie with a massive budget. Yeah. Isn't it kind of odd that you'll find that, Neither De Niro or Pacino or those guys are on the top 20. Not really, because their careers, I mean, Pacino especially has had a shaky career for like the last, it feels like for every good movie Pacino makes, there's at least three bad ones. Or he's worked a lot on television doing the Barry Sonnefeld. But Kevin Hart, he's just. But well, I mean, he's made more probably box office hits than, than Al Pacino. And a lot of people don't sadly know who probably Al Pacino is or haven't seen movies like Dog Day Afternoon or. Yeah, you know, I think it's or, because you know. that their their height was the 70s. And when you look at this top 20 list, it's the 90s and 2000s that have the largest uh, grouping of at least the 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 high points of, of a lot of these careers. I mean, Fox. like, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Costner's on this list. Why is Costner on this list? Yellowstone. Why is Clooney on this list? Because he's, you know, because it's George Clooney. A lot of my generation grew up with George Clooney. Why is yeah, but Clooney's a great example of somebody who's had big success in a franchise, but you take him out of that? Absolutely not. Yeah. Other than gravity. Other than like but the fact that him, you... that's why him and, and Bullock are here as well, because of something. Oh, doesn't new. Clooney feel like such a movie star, though? It does. Yeah, no, he, he does like a movie star. I mean, look at Pitt. Pitt's a perfect example. Like Pitt's not made dozens and dozens of hundred million dollar films, but he just looks like a movie star, and he's been in the tabloids like a movie star, and you know, and he's and he's Pitt's had creation as a movie star is like a classic female creation of a movie star. Yeah, how he came up with Thelma and Louise, and then going from there mm-hmm. is it's it's like. A 30s, 40s, 50s era female movie star discovery. It's wild. Yeah. I am kind of surprised that somebody like, like, you know, looking at all these like McConaughey and Gen X is there. Morgan Freeman is in the Gen X. What the hell is Morgan Freeman doing? <laughs> yes. Well, I think about that, but then like explain that to I, me. Somebody that's name's not on here. I was kind of kind of puts them in perspective, I guess, uh, based just off of this was Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Well, they're farther and, down. But you know, they're really the further down the list. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, not on like the more notable names here. You know what I mean? And it's funny because like, I would think you know people would be like, oh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, blah, blah, blah. but then you look at how Air's done this year, a movie that like was going to go straight to streaming, didn't like if it made any money, it's going to probably make like fifty, fifty-five million dollars for a movie that like people were like, oh, that movie's not going to make a dime. It's about the shoe that Michael Jordan wears and it made $55 million. But then I think also too, like having Angela Bassett, I mean, not Angela Bassett, having Viola Davis. Cause I'm looking at both of their names, having you know, Viola Davis who appears on both the Gen X list and, um, and is in the top five for um, African-American film uh, film goers. I mean, those in that list includes Michael B. Jordan, Samuel L. Jackson, Denzel, obviously, and Angela Bassett, you know, which those are when if you name the five biggest, you know, 
black actors in Hollywood, those would, I would say that that's the correct list. And those are the people that audiences want to see, particularly, you know, audiences of color. They want to see equal. Why does equalizer three exist this year? It's because they went and saw the last two from Denzel. Why does the woman King do better than expected? Why does, um, you know, you know, Angela Bassett being all over those. Creed uh, three, pit, Creed three you know, was Creed three. Yeah. A huge hit. Yeah. And improved that he didn't need Rocky and it didn't, you didn't need Stallone, you know, Bassett being basically the face of black Panther Wakanda forever, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and getting her an Oscar nomination, her first in what Eric 30 years. It was Um, too long, too Too long, long. you know, and Samuel Jackson's in every movie, you know, (laughs) he's in star Wars. He's in Nick Fury. He's in the Incredibles. He's, you know, he's in everything. Um, He's uh, what is he? He's, I believe the highest grossing actor of all time in terms of box office returns. I think he's the most prolific actor, meaning he's been in the most things of like any like. Yeah, but that means they made money. It means they made money. Crosses multiple genres, but so does Harrison Ford. So yeah, and I think it's like him and Harrison Ford go back and forth. Yeah, between who's number one. So yeah, that's like saying Carrie Fisher is a big box office star. So. Samuel Jackson's a big box office star. Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul, couldn't carry snakes on a plane. And just shut your, shut your mouth. I would pay for that. Though. I would totally pay oh for it. Oh my God. <laughs> I would like to see Fisher snakes. Snakes on a plane, directed by Nora Ephron. Um. <laughs> Is there any other observations you guys want to make that you thought about? From this before we move on. Uh, Jenna, Jenna Ortega already being like number seven. Oh, well, well, on the 40 under. On the 40, on the 40 She's under number list? 54, which is but high and it's totally ahead of Margot Robbie. Yeah. Okay. Timothy <laughs> Chalamet is number 94. I thought the girls were going to die in Venice that's when, a, that, when that's they what, were there. It's, that's what we're I talking about. I still can't get that discrepancy, I have to say. The, Gal Gadot the, and all the champagne to fill denial is, mm-hmm. you know. Somebody's right in denial. Front. Yeah. And this, these people. Emma Watson is interesting. Being at number 86, number 10 on yeah, this under After 40, not being in anything for five years. Basically, yes. it's like retired. Harry Potter lives. <laughs> you know, like she's that's just a, that's a little here. bit of That's a little bit of lasting legacy, which I think mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah. Um, and the Ortega thing. You take out Wednesday, obviously she would not be anywhere. Well, she's near got the screen movies, but but yeah, Wednesday but Wednesday carries her over the top. It's still a newness factor, and I think that's why the this the under forty list looks like they do. I think mm. the only really big surprise, and maybe it's just the timing, is Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. because it feels like she should be in a higher place. She's one of the highest paid actresses. Uh, she's still. number 25 in total. But she's number 25 overall. And I think she gets a little, a little the bit last of a test. Few years has been a downturn for her. So again, we'll see what No Hard Feelings I was gonna does. Say, yeah. If that is a big success, then we're, then she's essentially back on top. Yeah. But if I it's know. not, then she will sink further. Well, I mean, we'll see. Like I, I, you know, again, she's doing something different, which you gotta, you know, actresses that she grew up on and had such admiration for, or that fit the sort of, you know, mold of what Jennifer Lawrence's career is her doing a raunchy kind of comedy leading that over the summer, doing something that's counter-programming to all the bing, bang, boom, you know, explosion movies that are going to happen over the summer. I think it could be. Including Something the that... regurgitation of the IP that made her a success. <laughs> yes. Later in the fall. Yeah, no, for sure. Like almost shot for shot. Some of those shots in that trailer. It's um, so, um, yeah, no, I think that hers is really interesting. I mean, Hemsworth is the one I do scratch my head about because like, if you took Thor out of the equation, like what's. She's number 20. Overall. What, what is, what is Chris Hemsworth's worth? Like, like, you know, like. No, no, no. That his Netflix movie that Extraction Extraction massive 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 hit and that he also like for a while killed Michael Mann's career because he was in Black Hat so like what are we you know like which is a great movie (laughs) which is a good movie but like but still it's like Pratt higher I mean honestly 
we may hate him, but he's a Mario. And he's you know a Mario. I mean? And Jurassic. Lego movie. All these huge. Jurassic, I mean, Marvel. It is a little mm-hmm. weird that he's not because he has been in so yeah, many fungus like IPs in the last five years. And you'll have two more this year. Is you it a likability whole... thing? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think it. Maybe it's. I mean, is it is it that people don't see him as a movie star and more as a IP driven thing? Like they're not going to see. There's other people on this list that that are that are that as well. Yeah. But so we we all Parks and Recs fans are beyond that now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like it's it is interesting. I mean, like I think maybe a little bit of his. You know, persona outside of the movies has carried some, but not enough to not be in like this list, like. I I, I not be over Emma Emma Watson and Gal Gadot. Like, I, really? yeah, I mean, it, it's a little odd. Because, but I'm I would not if I can't attribute you know a small a small fan base as being uh, a, a a reason why somebody can't be a success. I can't say that the the reaction to Chris. Pratt's religious beliefs and church and all of that stuff are the reason he's not on this list. That's that mm. would be a, a little hypocritical to say one is is and one isn't. So I don't yeah. that that's like giving you know film Twitter more uh more power than the need deserves. Yeah. Now I can't see exactly where he is on the top hundred. He's not on the top twenty overall, and he's not in the top ten under forty. He's so not. That means he's all the way down there. No the one can find him. Forty either. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. It's very strange, though, that he's not here. You know, sometimes these polls, though, too, they don't tell the full story, you know, because ultimately at the end of the day, the money talks. And he's, I mean, yeah, he's he's in like five franchises. It's weird for him not to be in this, you know? Yeah. All right. Who wants to start with your five? Ryan, you've been picked. Oh, my five. Do you want me to just do all five? Yeah, or... I mean, any way you want. Or this talk, be like talk us three through hours it. long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, start the clock. Um, no. Um, so I just like picked five actors for the future that I kind of want to that if if I'm seeing a movie, if you can tell me like they're going to be in movies and that I would probably gravitate towards them. So my number five is Chalamet. He may not be the best actor that I could pick from it here. And I still think that there's a lot of potential that his best performance is still in there, you know? Um, But he works with a lot of interesting directors. He's taking big swings. You look at something like Dune, you look at Wonka coming out, you know, he's not, you know, he's worked with Wes Anderson. He's worked with Greta Gerwig. He's worked with Christopher Nolan. You know, you know, he's, he's worked with Denis. He's, he's able to, to kind of mold himself to whatever his creator um, behind the camera wants him to be so i'd pick him zendaya i think she's gonna have a fantastic year i think obviously dune too but then you look at challengers i think that we're real we're we might see zendaya in the award season conversation and that could just open up even more roles than obviously euphoria and her other films have suggested and she's also a very likable personality you gotta have that a little bit here too um and, and with also a, a tad bit of mystery she's you know she's so i i like that um my number four my number three is my wild card we haven't mentioned him at all but when i go see movies i want to see adam driver i want to see mm-hmm. the pacino de niro of his generation essentially someone that can be kylo ren and then be in a jim jarmusch movie the next weekend you know someone that could be a noah bombach and then you know be hosting snl and he's extremely funny uh, when he when he does that. I wish he would do more comedies because he's actually quite hilarious. Um, and he yeah, he works with incredible directors. I wish he worked with some more female directors. Um, and so uh, hopefully he does that. Denzel is number two. Denzel Washington. I'll see Denzel Washington and everything. He's one of the greatest actors of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, even Equalizer 3, I'll go see it because it's Denzel Washington. And there's just something about he elevates movies that have no business being good. Like that Magnificent Seven remake that he made a couple of years ago with Antoine Fuqua, it had no business being as fun as I thought it was. 
and also starring Chris Pratt. Um, and then my number one is is my guy, ride or die, always will be. I grew up with him. Um, he's still probably the most bankable star or one of the most bankable stars on the planet, and that's Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, guy can work with Scorsese, guy can work with Inuritu, can work with um Nolan, can work with um Quinn Tarantino. And he only makes hits and he's great at his job. Um, people love Leo. Um, you know, he's got an Oscar. I expect him probably to get another one before it's all said and done. I think there will be an urgency to do that. Um, he's in one of the greatest successful films of all time in Titanic, which that legacy carries on forever and ever and ever. Just look at the 3D re-release in IMAX this past year or 20 for the 20th anniversary, and people went to see that in flock. Um, yeah. He's, he's to me, when I think of a movie star, he's versatile in everything he does. He's more than, more than Cruz. Like Cruz has essentially just doing action movies the rest of his life. And I think that that's great. He's our, her, he's probably our last action hero, you know, making death defying stunt movies. But when I think of movie stars, I think of Leonardo DiCaprio. Eric? Top that. Um... So I have a few repeats there. Yeah, I mean, I I would probably have Chalamet right on the outside. I think he is extremely adventurous and great and interesting. Um, <laughs> I tend to be kind of attracted to box office poison, and I don't know why, but they just end up being my favorites. Uh, obviously, like Jake Gyllenhaal is <laughs> my number one. Um. Nicole Kidman, uh, Julian. Jake Gyllenhaal being a box office draw. I said box office, box office poison. poison. Open your <laughs> fucking ears. I just wanted him to say it again. I just yeah, him to say but it. I, it's it's true. These are not these are stars. Oh, this is who will get you to the theater? So this is completely yes, right. Yes, will get me to the theater. Yes. But this is also kind of a strange thing because we. But you got to be a star to get you to the theater. We're all in the position of, you know, seeing things at festivals and press screenings. So getting us to the theaters is a very different. um, We'll go anyway. It's a different dynamic. We're not, we're, it's, this isn't talking to, uh, you know, normies. Oh my God. Go and pay for. I was wondering if you were going to say it and you didn't say it this entire episode. And I I know, but that's who we're talking about. That's who this polling is talking about. Yeah, and I I use normies as a a gentle pejorative sure. uh, in just talking about people that don't you know see things for free and part of their job and, and take it personally. Normies the, is what yeah yes, yeah. are the actual his, his uh, address is uh, you know. But that's what. But that's also kind of what we're talking about in this whole thing, and that is what a movie goer goer paying moviegoer sees as a movie star and what we see as a movie star it's it's a really big difference that's why we're looking at this list going why in the world is kevin hart here when the people that were polled were like of course kevin hart mm-hmm. is here uh and that is that is you know one of the disconnects that i think that any of us that work in some realm of the industry can have with people that are not i think it's kind of part of it um all right after that going back to uh my list um angela bassett is definitely somebody that i will always always want to see and go see um uh, i i don't know there's i told you i was unprepared for this She well, asked I'll you in the email mine. to do one thing. And I didn't do it. Yeah, I know. Kind of like answering. Feel, how uh, many more does he need? Two more? No, I need no, one more. One. I did Bradley take- Cooper. He'll Kidman. go see Bradley Cooper. There you go. Gaga. Yeah. I mean, would you not pay money to go see Gaga in the movies? No, I wouldn't because she's not. No, and just because she's only done a handful of movies. I mean. Yeah, the next one would be on my list would be people that have been in 20 or 30 movies. I mean, that's you see like, Julianne Moore. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. Julianne Moore on there. Oh, okay. Then Julianne Moore, Nicole Kidman, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, Angela Bassett. Kristen Stewart. Actually, yes, Kristen, yeah. probably because I do see everything in the theater. And again, that's one of those examples. Robert Pattinson. 
Somewhere Where fandom. Well, yeah, again, any fandom, Dakota Johnson, it's like cool. Yeah. Go go see their go see. But you're their also thing. you're also just not seeing Kristen Stewart or Robert Pattinson anymore because of their Twilight fandom. They've turned out incredible careers. Yes. Post that as well too. You know, very yeah. versatile performances and that are not like supported at the box office by their legions of fans. Well, that's not true. Robert Pattinson just made a five hundred million dollar movie called The Batman. You know what I mean? I'm so talking about the Batman. Nimrod, yeah, but you got to do you got to do them both. You know what I mean? A little bit you of this, a little bit of that. You don't, you know? Yeah, you, you do. You do that. You yeah, do it. Do. Yeah, you do. Look at Adam Driver. You can be Kylo Ren and you can be Pattinson at the same time. So, you know, you can you can do Ferrari and you can do Star Wars. It's not. It's you know, you're not just exclusive to one thing. Hmm. I'll be curious <laughs> to see where somebody like Austin Butler lands on a list. Like yes. this in a couple Who? of years. Oh, Elvis Presley. <laughs> oh, okay. You leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, because he's not making a movie called Dune and going into a franchise afterwards. Like, come on. Yeah, that's why I just said what I said. Yeah. yeah. Well, then he's got the bike riders and stuff. Anyway, sorry, Christina, your your list. I'm sorry. Was mine? Oh, I have to. As you were saying, it is difficult for sort of the way we see movies that work with like this, it's hard to to make this list. So what I started figuring out was so who would get me into the movies? And I think it's because of how they choose projects. One of them is someone we've been talking about here before, and that's actually Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. From I, Tanya, as a producer as well, Promising Young Woman. I mean, all these things that she has done, take it or leave it, bad or crazy, everything is interesting and and i think for me she's a real movie star and also many of her films are really really theatrical so she's definitely there another one who i'll basically go see anything is kate blanchett yeah my repeats are dicaprio and denzel that for me also every project how dicaprio has not become um oh, I'm too old, I have to do some action. I mean, he's picking his projects in a way that I really want to see how he's thinking. And Denzel, Denzel is just the best. I mean, there's nothing even to discuss. And my wild card here, which <laughs> I, I probably have 10 others, but I'd go see Jodie Foster in anything. I was thinking, yeah. I, like I just Foster. think she's, and, and I cannot wait for True Detective, And but I'd love to see her in in a big movie soon. I mean, she's someone that definitely can take my money. I, so those yeah, are the I was, ones. Like, I like that. I'm 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 with you on that of of like how they choose their projects versus like what it ends up actually being. Mm. Like yeah. Tilda Swinton too. Oh like, God, yeah. yes. Always. I almost put Kate on my list. Yeah. I almost put Kate Blanchett because she's. It would have been a huge pick. I mean, it is an easy pick. Yeah. It's like, and it's not just coming off of tar, but I mean, like, she's making a Alfonso Caron movie, and then she's making Borderlands, and then she's making TV shows. Like, she's always she doing has something. Both of those things. I mean, both that she always does something yeah. interesting with some, but also she's just a movie star. I mean, yeah. We've she's probably like, been lucky enough, all three of us, to see her up close. I mean, I've never seen anything quite so movie starish in my life. <laughs> she can be in Blue Jasmine, and she can be in Lord of the Rings. She can be in Thor. She can be in Tar. You know what I mean? She she she's got extreme versatility. And the thing about Kate Blanchett is she almost very rarely gives a bad performance. Oh, yeah. even in even movies that I'm not like like something like Don't Look Up. Not a big fan of that movie, but she's she's, she's doing something completely different than anybody else's in that movie. You know, she's trying. Same with Nightmare Alley. You know, so I, I give her. I, I yeah. You know what? And even as spatsatura. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I Chalamet. I'm putting Kate Blanchett on my list. I'm, I'm good. Off. Chalamet, you leave. <laughs> this was so fun. I think we. Figured things out. <laughs> yeah. I feel more confused than ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me take a poll after this and we'll see how confused we are. And we'll do it based off of demographics and all that stuff. No, this is it's this is always a fascinating conversation because it's always changing and evolving. It's I mean, obviously we're like 
right on the start of the writer's strike too. And so mm-hmm. it'll be kind of interesting to see there's always a fallout from, from things like this too. So it'll be interesting to see in the future if, if there's anything that does change or if, or, or, you know, if patterns of the past come back or if they don't and how that affects it too, but just time. As long as AI doesn't become the new movie star, I'm good. Yeah. And I don't mean to be morbid, but there's a few on this first top 20 that perhaps will not have many years left. And when the list starts becoming sort of changing on who's going to be coming up those spots. Yeah. I mean, Christina, you and I will be here to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. God. You're just trying to be nice about it. She's just trying to be nice. No, I mean, no, you're right. I mean, and that's, that's the thing is it's like, I would highly encourage everyone to go and watch. I think it's on HBO Max or Max or however the hell you're going to call it. But it's um, Ethan Hawke's documentary. Oh, the Paul um, Newman. About Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. And understand when we talk about this, why movie stars are important, not just because of box office, but, but things beyond the screen. And, you know, you look at Clooney and, um, and you look at DiCaprio and you look at a lot of the stars that are on the list. They also do things for humanitarian work and use their star for the right reasons. And you would hope that in the future stars, you know, do the same thing and don't just sell themselves out, you know, on, on a TikTok or a, you know, a YouTube account or some crazy thing and actually use their power for, for the better. You know, we hear about when Chalamet was told by DiCaprio, don't do superhero movies and don't do drugs. And it's like, okay, well, that's just one. How many, how many others are getting a, the opportunities, but be the guidance to do the, the things that can allow them to have a long successful career. Guys. Thank you so much. I will call on you again with. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank mm-hmm. you. Coming up on five minute news. I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.